Welcome to Practically Political. I'm Dave Spencer. And I'm Carrie Sheffield. Let's get started. Dave, okay. So President Biden has gotten through $3.5 trillion of his agenda once you add up the stimulus, the infrastructure, and now the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. Once you see all this spending madness, I'm just wondering, when is it going to stop? Because the Democrats themselves keep running away from Joe Biden. Even now, after all these bills have been passed, they still don't want to be seen with him. So shouldn't that be a clue to the to the Democrat Party that the voters don't want this type of tax and spend waste? Well, you're you're conflating two separate issues. There is the merit and popularity of what he's passed, and then Joe Biden's popularity. And if you look at the public, they're two very different things. Let me, let me also, before I answer your question, let me back up and let's use, go through the, some history here. As a Republican, I'm always honest. Unlike a lot of people, I look in the mirror. And if you historically, when has government spending, the deficit, and government employment gone up over the last 45 years? Republican administrations. Before, Ronald Reagan was a great president, but before he came in, we never used to run a deficit before it was, unless it was wartime. And again, look at George W. Bush, huge big government spending, big government conservatism was what they called it. Barack Obama, his first term, you had the slowest increase in government spending since Eisenhower. So it's the Republicans more than Democrats that have inflated the deficit, the debt, and all this. So let's get that out of the way. But to answer your question, a lot of these programs are very popular. The, the infrastructure program was, uh, was bipartisan, so let's take that out. But if you look at the so-called American Rescue Plan, which is the original $1.9 and then the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which I will admit is a misnomer, uh, they are both very, very popular. And, and again, it's the spending. Yes, there are tax increases, but are you going to argue that, that corporations that are paying zero shouldn't pay at least a little bit of tax? Are you going to argue that corporations that promised to invest in workers and infrastructure had stock buybacks instead, that they shouldn't be taxed on those? I think these are very fair. There is a difference between raising, raising taxes across the board and closing loopholes, and that's what you have here. And as far as the climate provisions go, I think this is the best way to start to address climate change. You do it by subsidizing and encouraging not by regulating and requiring. And that's what the program is doing. And frankly, there's more, uh, uh, shall we say, euphemistically, transitional benefits to the fossil fuel industry here than I would like to see, but I think conceptually it's fair. So I think this bill overall, yes, is it perfect? No. Once again, thanks to Chuck Schumer, even though he tried to put it on Arizona's Kirsten Cinema, they, they didn't get rid of the hedge fund loophole, the so-called carried industries, which is uproarious, and that's Chuck Schumer helping his New York hedge fund buddies. But other than that, I think considering how polarized this is and considering how ruinous our politics have become, it's the best that we could hope for. Well, Dave, I love you, but going to have to disagree. I mean, the nonpartisan Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation, they estimated that between 78 to 90% of the money the IRS is going to raise from this Inflation Reduction Act going to come from taxpayers making less than 200,000 a year and only about between 4 and 9% is going to come from those making more than 500,000. So this is a tax on poor people, it's a tax on the middle class. So to me I find that wrong. And but I do agree with you that it's a pox on both houses as far as spending and Republicans have been uh you know not worse. to their principles worse at all than Democrats. on that front. 
Republicans but have the been far is, worse, Kerry. You have to acknowledge but that. But we've never seen, no, but we have never seen this level of inflation in 40 years uh, because of Joe Biden's spending and his stimulus yeah, package yeah, that did, it did nothing but stimulate. You, you know it. It is a significant driver, not to mention his failed energy policies. Uh, that's been a significant driver too. Uh, everything from, uh, you know, domestically and then his foreign policy blunders have enriched the pockets of Putin. So, uh, Joe Biden is the, I think, lead cause for inflation. And the Inflation Reduction Act is not going to reduce inflation. Multiple nonpartisan studies showed that. And then this, this green energy scam, that's really what it is. It's, I like to make the analogy of a diabetes drug. If there was a diabetes drug that was unproven, that uh, was not able to stand on its own two feet, and you wanted to shove it on every single diabetes patient nationwide, that would be considered horrific. And that's what happens with green technology. Green technology is not scientifically able uh, to uh, sustain itself uh, financially, uh, whether it's wind or solar, the, the capture and the storage, it's just not there. And yet we want to shove it on everyone's backs poor and middle class people, not only for the direct taxation, but through the energy costs that they're going to pay. And we've seen it in Germany. This isn't happening in a vacuum. The Germans already tried this. And guess who paid more uh, in energy costs? The poor and the middle class of Germans. And guess whose pockets got enriched because the oh, Germans oh. ended up having to get more uh, fossil totally fuel despite analogy. spending 100. Hey, I didn't interrupt you. Um the Germans have already spent hundreds of billions of dollars on these green energy projects. And what's been the result? Their carbon emissions have gone up and they've had to rely more on Vladimir Putin. So I think it's a wash. It's a scam. It's unproven. And I am all for, uh, you know, testing technology and proving it before shoving it on the backs of poor and middle class people. Well, first of all, I've been mean, still trying to decipher a lot of that. But your German analogy is way off. The reason Germany got caught between a, a, over a barrel, pardon the pun, was because they got rid of all their nuclear energy. They made the stupid decision after the Japanese accident to get rid of nuclear energy. This is where Bernie Sanders and I disagree. When he says, oh, we, we have to fight climate change, but we need to get rid of nuclear energy, and I'm against fracking. Well, then you're not going to fight climate change. The bottom line is, I'm a pragmatist. For the next 20 years, we're going to get more than 80% of our energy from fossil fuels. That is a, a fact it is unchangeable. I think 2045 is a reasonable goal, but 2035 ain't going to happen. So to my Democratic friends out there, we need to be re realistic about this. Now, having said that, okay, I don't know, you know, you're fighting this plan. How do you address climate change? The best way to do it is through incentives, okay? And that's what this program does. I agree. You shouldn't beat people over the head and require them to do things. But if you incentivize things to do them, incentivize people to do them, they'll, they'll make the decisions and that'll help the transition. It'll also help solar and wind become cheaper and cheaper. They're already competitive. They'll soon be less expensive. So what we're doing here is, is we're encouraging the market. We're not requiring people. The transition will happen, but it's not going to happen as quickly as Democrats want and the German analogy is totally, is totally invalid. And I will say one of the reasons that we have an advantage over Europe and China is if you look back to the early, late 70s and early 80s, we were what I call hydrocarbon vulnerable, right? We didn't have the supply. That's what Europe is right now. We have lots of natural gas. We have oil. Now, I agree the administration, they shouldn't have canceled the Keystone Pipeline. That didn't do anything. They shouldn't have reduced drilling. If I were president, I would be full steam ahead on 
um, alternative fuels, but I would also be full steam ahead on our energy production because that gives us a competitive advantage and we should be prepared. We'll be much better off to make a transition. And in the meantime, you don't have idiotic suggestions. Oh, maybe we should get Iran to increase their production. I agree. It's nuts. But the bottom line is you haven't, nor does the Republican Party, which, by the way, used to be involved in how in solving climate change. Now it's just a party that denies it. Uh, there's no constructive solutions on, and I haven't heard it from you or from, from them, on how to get us to where we need to. No, I agree with nuclear. You and I agree on nuclear. But the fact is, Germany only had a small fraction of their energy on nuclear. So it they wasn't, did not. It the wasn't nuclear, like France. They had like a third it, it, of their power from nuclear. It was a lot. Yeah, that... Yeah, but the, their bigger problem has been their assault on fossil fuel. That's been the bigger problem. But I agree with you that the that, and for us, we even have less of that. So uh, nuclear, and I so I I agree with you. We're going to be shared uh, alignment on that issue with nuclear. I think that's the way to go. And I I also think that the Biden administration, and I know this because I was in Utah earlier this year, and I spoke with someone from the Office of Energy Development from a Republican administration. They're so frustrated with the Biden administration. They're talking out of both sides of their mouth because they refuse to allow federal permits for any of the uh, uh, critical minerals that are under the, the earth in Utah. Utah is almost 70% federally owned. Joe Biden doesn't care. He's a hypocrite. He will not allow drilling and development of the critical minerals, which we need to create solar panels to Domestically. So it's such a uh, farce. And not to mention, even if all of these goals were, were passed, and by the way, I completely disagree with you when you say that it's incentivizing only because it's actually, it is hurting people. It's it's subsidizing rich people like Bill Gates, who's a big investor in this stuff on the right. backs of the poor and middle class. And that's the, the truth. So so you want poor people to subsidize the uh, the, the unproven technology right. of rich investor multi-billionaires like Bill Gates. Here so we go. we're we going to have to disagree on that. I, I think we, we should go to the and, next question. And by that's the way, me. this is the classic <laughs> Republican. This sounds like Matt Gates. Well, first, they're going after me and President Trump. Next, they're going to be going after you. And the, this loaded stats about how this tax increase is going to hit the middle class, that's based on the fact that if you tax corporations, that they're going to pass expenses on to consumers. Well, they need to be paying yes. taxes, whether they're not paying. So those are loaded stats. But in the interest of time, I will give you largely the last word on that because we have to move on to my question, which is, the, of course... Uh, I'm really dying to hear your response, but all we've been hearing for the last two years is the Republican Party is the party of law and order. We stand up for the police. We stand up for all the federal agencies that are law enforcement. The Democrats want to defund the police. Okay, here we have a, a, the, the search of Mar-a-Lago, okay? And you have all these Republicans just going after the FBI, saying it's corrupt, saying it's out to get the president. You know, first of all, it's totally hypocritical. You even have some members saying defund the FBI, which has got to go up there with the all-time laughers. And isn't it a little hypocritical that the party of law and order is now just attacking it mercilessly? Well, I agree with you defunding the FBI. That's the only the most extremists who are saying that. I think that the big issue is law and order done under the Constitution and done right. I don't think you'll find any police officer, a good police officer, who will defend a rotten police officer. But the problem is that, uh, by and large, the Democrat Party, not only through, uh, you know, federal and state policies, but also the DAs uh, that have just completely decided that the laws don't matter, that the, uh, you know, 
elected officials who created laws for prosecution, they're just going to allow them to, to not matter. So that's the real issue. It's, it's, it's also the misapplied and the, uh, the lack of consistency with enforcement of justice. And we know this from the FBI. The FBI, there was uh, an individual who was convicted of altering a FISA application in order to spy on the Trump campaign. Okay. I don't think you would defend that, Dave. I hope that you wouldn't. We're getting um, so, so down in the of, weeds here. I mean, this is a classic no. op- obfuscation here. But the issue is no, it's not. whether or not, you know, you can criticize the FBI for individual things, but just to crap on the agency right now, okay, faith in government institutions is, is at an all-time low. You can go after moves that an agency makes. You can disagree with some of the philosophical decisions they make, but just to crap on the uh, on. Uh, the institution, as much as these senators like Ted Cruz and a lot of these people that are just trying to, again, suck up to the base, throw red meat. And this is yet reason number infinity of how Donald Trump has damaged the country so much on so many levels. And again, it's it it just sickens me. These will you acknowledge whatever you think of the, of the search, these are just hardworking people that are trying to do their job. They're trying to get, yet you have Republicans who are trying to get their names out on social media so they can get death threats. I mean, this is, this is just despicable. I think Merrick Garland is really the one who is of at course. fault here. Um, and the it's fact never, that, never the Republican. you know, when people, when people say, oh, it was this like, you know, existential nuclear threat from Trump. Okay, why did you sit on it for three, almost three months if they got this information in June? Because they, they needed to make sure August. they had all their ducks in a row because this is this is exactly what was going to happen. That's why they waited. Yeah, well, but- Merrick Garland is the biggest wimp who won't do anything. And then he makes one move and he's the most aggressive, you know, over overreaching uh, madman that you've ever seen. Boy, that was a quick one. Well, let's not forget. To be conservative. No, let's not. Let's not forget that he also labeled Amer- uh, Virginia parents as domestic terrorists. Well, parents nationwide as domestic par- terrorists. So I, I, I have a hard time thinking that he's That's a neutral it. arbiter of justice. And thank God he's not on the Supreme Court. He is clearly a partisan hack. But yeah, oh, yeah. That's Amy, a- Amy Coney Barrett has been really objective. It's better to have her than have him. Well, it would have been Neil Gorsuch, actually. Yep. He was the one that wouldn't have gotten on. But anyway, so I think that, uh, you know, that's something that really, uh, again, you cannot defend Ted Cruz uh, dumping on the FBI, no matter what you think of uh, Merrick Garland's conduct. Can you? I think there are lots of reasons why the FBI ah, has not been a neutral. The party once, Carrie. <laughs> it's okay to be critical every no, once I, in a while. It'll help your I credibility. I told, I told you I agree that I, we shouldn't defund the FBI. And I don't know if yeah, Ted that's Cruz not, has said that's that. The if he does, I dis- you're, you're disagreeing I disagree with Marjorie with Taylor Greene. Congratulations. I'm talking about getting admitting that Ted Cruz shouldn't, shouldn't be crapping on the FBI. Can you at least acknowledge that that's inappropriate and damages the country? Well, I haven't seen exactly his okay. comments, and oh, if they went okay. too far, I then I Sorry. disagree. But I think there is there is a lot to criticize. But okay, okay. next question. Yeah. So I, Dave, I'm going to give you some credit 
because there are other Republicans who are singing the song that you have been singing for months now um, about the concern of electability for some of these Senate candidates. But I want to ask you, though, because what's the path forward for finding that sweet spot of a middle ground? Because obviously the base by electing Trump and, and endorsing candidates that, you know, Trump endorses, there's trying to send a message to say the status quo establishment candidates aren't getting the job done. They're not standing up to the spending. They're not standing up to uh, people who want to put biological males in, in female sports. They're not standing up to people who want to destroy police departments. They're not standing up. They're not fighters. So how, how can we fight? What, what advice would you give when picking a candidate to find a fighter who's also electable? Well, you know, I think you really bring up a very good point. And I would say, first of all, a lot of it is the system, because I think certainly most of people who run for Congress uh, are decent people who are trying to do the right thing. But they get to Washington, they have to make a decision, either go with the system or not hang around for very long. And I said, one of my major problems with Washington is I know myriad people in the private sector who would sacrifice their careers over principle. I can count on one hand, which is convenient for me, the people that would do that in the public sector. In Washington, very few. I mean, Liz Cheney is one, but even in her case, you know, she's got a national name. This is part of her grand plan. This is a small battle that she's losing in the overall war. That's how I see it. And But look at Adam Kinzinger, you know, he's not running for reelection. Look at, you know, eight of the 10 uh, people that tried to, that voted to impeach Trump. Four of them retired, four of them were unseated. And the ones that survived, you can argue it was only because of they were in open primaries. So, you know, it's, it, that is a, that sends a bad message. And that again is where Trump has been so damaging because he doesn't care which candidates are best for the country. He doesn't care who's most qualified. He just cares about relitigating the 2020 election. And that's why you have people like Laura Ingram, to her credit, who are saying, you know, the party needs to move on from Trump. Elections are about the future. They're not about relitigating the past. And so you're starting to see more and more Republicans who, even though they, they haven't been never Trumpers from the start the way I have, who saw how malignant he was going to be from day one, they're at least saying, you know what, we need a different candidate in 24. So, but the problem is that I think it's the system. But to answer your fundamental question, I think that we need to get candidates. And by the way, there are some candidates. You know, I think people that who have been attorney generals who are running for governor, I think some people who are uh, qualified businessmen, like you take a guy like Bill Haggerty in Tennessee, you know, who's a, he was elected in, in uh 2020, he's someone who was ambassador to Japan. He worked for Bain Capital. You may not agree with his policies or his, maybe he's too religious for you, but he's very qualified. He's a serious guy. So those are the kind of people. I will support those people even if I don't agree with them because they're qualified and they care. That cannot be And there's said. no religious test for and office. And there's no religious test. You know, that, that cannot be said about J.D. Vance. You know, that cannot be said, and I would really appreciate some acknowledgement on Herschel Walker. I mean, his incoherence and ignorance are beyond cringeworthy. I mean, they are breathtaking. And I would love some acknowledgement that he's a bad candidate, which you still haven't given me. But anyway, moving moving forward on that, you know, the, the party is going to pay the price. They had a chance to take the Senate. It's not going to happen. I think Georgia is gone. I think Arizona is gone with the Peter Thiel protege, Blake Masters. Uh, I think in the end, the states that are more red, like uh, Ohio, 
And Wisconsin, I still have my doubts about Mandela Barnes. I think he's very progressive. They haven't defined him yet. And Ron Johnson has proven that he's a survivor. But I think that with, oh, with Pennsylvania gone and Nevada looking and New Hampshire looking more winnable for the Democrats, I think it's going to be a tough slog for the Republicans. And Mitch McConnell acknowledged that. And it shows you how much the party's changed. Because four years ago, he would have been in control and you wouldn't have had these candidates. So that's how the party has become uh, Trumpified. But your your final thoughts? Well, you know, I think that uh, the media certainly has its thumb on its scale and always wants the, the Democrat to win. But I think the Nevada race uh, is competitive and that could be a pickup. Uh, Senator Cortez Masto yeah, is that's definitely the biggest vulnerable, weakness for the Democrats. That's their most vulnerable seat, I think, is Nevada. Definitely. My question gets back to uh, the IRS. And that is, again, you've had this absolute, just apoplectic reaction from uh, Republicans about the IRS because the budget is being strengthened. So let me just, you know, give people some facts here because they seem to be devoid in them, okay? These 87,000 employees that are being hired, over 40,000 are going to be retiring. So the net gain is maybe half of that. Also, a lot of the money is going to be spent in term to upgrade the agency's superannuated, um, superannuated computer system, which is, you know, basically from the 80s or 90s, maybe at its most moderate, most, most modern. So, you know, again, and for every dollar that the IRS gets, they can collect three or four dollars in taxes. And it reminds me why Jesse, Jesse James was asked, why do you rob banks? Well, that's where the money is. So the, the fact that they're going to go after middle-class taxpayers when there's not that much money, no, they're going to be go after a lot of wealth. They don't have the, the manpower to catch people who aren't being fair on the taxes. So that's what's going to happen. But the most, the most outrageous thing was you have Charles Grassley, who shouldn't be running for re-election at 88 anyway, who's literally saying the IRS is going to show up at your door with an AR-15. I mean, this is how detached from reality and how dangerous the Republican Party has gotten. Only one or two percent of IRS agents are even allowed to carry guns. OK, so let's get that out. And the fact they're going to show up at your door. I mean, what is going on? Can you at least tell this party to temper the madness and again, stop attacking our institutions? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a general sense that the IRS has uh, really lost its way. And the Wall Street Journal had a really great editorial reviewing the inspector general for the IRS. There has been a litany just of incompetence in terms of the inability to track uh, how they allow for tax credits, a backlog. And sure, maybe the, the agents might help with the backlog. It's August. I still haven't even had my IRS return processed. I filed it on time. I still haven't even gotten it, it done. I mean, it, it, it's the IRS's fault. Uh, and it's a joke. Only about 10% of calls get returned. So I think there's this sense that if you're doing something wrong and you're incompetent, you don't reward incompetence with more money. Um, I guess the, the best hope would be that with the additional funding, they could become more competent. But it's just, it, it, there. again, look at the inspector general of the own agency itself outlining a lot of incompetence there. So I, and then also there's the fact that we know that it was politicized under the Obama administration, that there were conservative groups that were targeted by the IRS for specific flagging wow. because of the partisan lens. And my organization, Independent Women's Forum, uh, you know, 
We're scared about that. And I think that that is a legitimate concern that people, uh, and look, if you're paying fair taxes, obviously you shouldn't be, there's no fear that you're not paying it enough. It's just more that the process, the headache of being dragged through something, um, unfairly or, or, or just bureaucratically. I think that's, that's a headache for a lot of people that they, they, they really don't want. Well, and I think, first of all, I think that stuff about that happened during the Obama administration was blown out of portion, out of proportion. I would say the proof of that is you don't hear any complaints about that during the Biden administration. You don't hear any uh, conservative organizations saying that, oh, we've been flagged. So that was, you know, 10 years ago. And I think it was blown out of proportion, but it hasn't happened recently. And secondly, I agree with you. The IRS does need some reforming. It has been incompetent. But a lot of that has been, you know, bad infrastructure. So a lot of this updating the systems and making the infra infrastructure they have more efficient is going to lessen those problems. But I, I think certainly that uh, the IRS could be more efficient, and I think this will be a, um, a way to help it. But can you at least acknowledge that people like Chuck Grassley shouldn't be lying about agents showing up with AR-15s? That isn't helpful. Well, the IRS did take down a job description that was posted no, but that's, and that's calling for the IRS question, agent Terry. to be armed. So I, that's you're not, strange. You're, you're not to... answering the question. The question was, is it appropriate for, for a U.S. senator to be pulling stuff where, out of where the sun doesn't shine about agents showing up with guns and terrorizing people? Again, it's just crapping on institutions and it's BS. It's total BS. Well, you even said yourself, some of them are armed. It doesn't specify what type of arms. Okay. Uh, so and as we know, politicians. Okay. Okay. It's all right. I just was hoping for, was hoping for a simple yes or no, but I, I won't be getting it. Wow. Another, another great complex. session. Another great session. So much to talk about as always. Well, that does it for another episode of Practically Political. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Dave Spencer. And I'm Carrie Sheffield. We'll catch you next time.